Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning there, Edwin. It's good to see you today. Man, it's good to see you today, too. You coffeeed up? A lot to be thankful for today. I mean, I, there's always room for another cup of coffee. Always. But, uh, I'm actually refreshing the uh, the golden vocal cords here with uh, with just a glass of cool water. Cool water. It's refreshing. Yes. And I'm thankful for it. Yes, yeah. No product plugs, no, no, no sponsorship. I don't have one today. You know, it is, it is the season. Um, so we're always thankful when we receive socks and coffee and all those kinds of things that keep us going and plugging away in our text oh, talk. Uh, now you're just fishing. Text talk duties. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just didn't know if there was a particular brand of water that you wanted to make sure to say their name so that... Uh, no, nope, just purified water. It's all, all, right. pre- it's all pretty good. <laughs> water. Water. Brought to you by water. water. <laughs> Drink some. <laughs> yeah, it's good for you. <laughs> so um, so today we're talking about Psalm 67, which is still a psalm of invocation and doxology, a psalm of blessing. Hasn't changed over the week. Has not changed much. Okay. Although you've been finding all the different strands for us. Yes. All the allusions. Yes. Uh, and so that's been fun to go through and look at... Uh, how God had blessed Aaron and used Aaron to bless the peoples and how God had blessed Abraham and by his seed all nations have been blessed. And of course, then we learned about the path of blessing that the psalmist invites us to as we start reading Psalm 1. And now today, we're going to read Psalm 67 again. And so I have a choice for us. Would you like me to read from the altar, which is the... Yeah, do it. Okay, it's all that right. translation the that we Hebrew found a couple Bible. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, Robert Alter's translation of the Hebrew Bible. Yeah, it well, that that makes it simple then. If you just say, "Yeah, go ahead and do that one." Do it. All right, very good. For the lead player on string instruments, a psalm, a song. May God grant us grace and bless us. May He shine His face upon us. To know on the earth Your way, among all the nations Your rescue. Nations acclaim you, O God. All peoples acclaim you. Nations rejoice in glad song, for you rule peoples rightly, and nations on earth you lead. Nations acclaim you, O God. All peoples acclaim you. The earth gives its yield. May God, our God, bless us. May God bless us and all the ends of the earth fear him. We have an interesting structure going on. So I'm, I'm kind of done with strands and sources. I think I'm, I'm sure somebody smarter than me could find even We're moving more. on from strands to structure. Strands to structure. I'm appreciating the, appreciating the alliteration. I do week. what I can yeah. just for you because yeah. I'm a servant. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've talked about the, the Aaronic blessing strand, the Abrahamic covenant strand, the psalmic teaching strand. But now the structure here, we actually, okay, are you ready? We, we have a... If you say pericope, no, I don't use that word. Okay. (laughs) But we do have a chiastic structure. (laughs) All right. There you go. If you notice, uh, or it might be an inclusio, it starts with asking God's blessing. It ends with God's blessing. And then you've got in verse three and five, that refrain of letting the peoples praise you, or as Alter had it, acclaim you. I picked up on the refrain. And then smack in the middle is that statement about the nations being glad and God leading or judging the people and guiding the nation. So clearly the 
the spear point in this it's song. about the nations, actually. It's about the nation surrendering, hmm. submitting, following the leadership, following the guide. But as we get to the end, this is what I also find interesting, is that the last two verses are in themselves a chiastic structure. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, is this a chiastic inception? It's like a, a dream within a dream? It's a chiasm, chiasm inside, inside a chiasm. chiasm. Yeah, because notice the first line of verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase, and where do we get in the last line? Mm-hmm. Let all the ends of the earth fear, fear him. him. And then the two lines in the middle are both about God blessing us. Mm-hmm. So so we have that... Uh, and so then, structure yeah, there. And so then the key becomes God, our own God. So we have the blessing, and right there at the beginning, that first earth may refer to, rather than the entirety of the earth, I, I, this could go either way. It, that word for earth, Eretz, Wait, I'm sorry, which verse? Are, I'm, I'm looking at verse 6. Oh, verse 6, okay. Yeah, the earth has yielded its increase. There may be a reference just to the land itself, that it's, it's saying that God's blessed us, mm. talking now about the land land yeah. of Israel so that all the ends of the earth, as, as as people throughout the ends of the earth look at the blessing Israel has received, they praise Israel's God mm-hmm. and they recognize Israel's God. The, the other possibility on this is that, look, God has allowed for blessing throughout the earth yeah. and the entire earth has been productive. So that all the peoples might bear witness to that, so right? So that all the peoples of the earth have recognized that and, okay. and turned to the Lord and, and give... Give praise and honor and glory to the one true God instead of to the to the you know just whatever God they are thinking of at the time. The, the realization, idol. the realization that there must be uh, someone bigger, mm-hmm. bigger than just our little local gods. There, there is a God over the entire earth because look at this blessing that we see over the entire earth. I think is is the potential there, which makes me think of uh, something that the Apostle Paul said. Yeah, what's that? Well, when Paul was in Lystra in Acts chapter 14, as he talked about what God had done, now remember, because of the miracle that he had done, the Lystrans were trying to praise him and Barnabas as Zeus and Hermes or Mercury. And so he says, uh, as he's trying to stop them from worshiping and honoring him, in Acts chapter 14 and verse 15, he says, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. But even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifice to them. So the idea that here God has left this ongoing witness by providing abundance, by providing the rains and the fruitful seasons. No, I, I like that very much. I think it dovetails with dovetails nicely with what the Lord teaches in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five and verse forty-three. You've heard that it was said, "You shall love your neighbor and hate your." enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? 
And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus' declaration is that God has loved even his enemies and his goodness towards them. That it wasn't a, a small thing that God uh, that, that they would reject God or forget God and start worshiping idols. That's actually quite offensive and wrong and sinful, but that he still cared for them. His benevolence overcame that. And then even through the gospel, he invites people to come back and have right relationship with him again. This is incredible. Blessing upon blessing. As I listen to Paul's statement in Acts chapter 14 to the Lystrans, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm caused to pause and think about this. Because his declaration is, look, the God of heaven, the God who created all things, has left a testimony. In other words, you you Lystrans, you should have figured this out, that the, the God who did this, who created this, is not like the gods you've been worshiping. Mm-hmm. It's not like Zeus and Hermes. Yeah. There is a God who is above all things, a God who is who is majestic and magnificent and all power. And he's not a God made after our image, who has the personality like we have, as the fickle gods of the Romans and the Greeks did. He says that when you when you take a look at the fact that the rain has been falling, that there's been seasons Paul is making an argument from design and order. Yeah. He's he's making an argument from look at look at how great this world is that we live in. It's almost like it was designed to provide for us and to give us life. It, this surely this didn't happen by accident. Surely this didn't happen through these through these gods that bicker and fuss and argue and have these petty geographical disputes. No, we're talking about a god who is over all the earth. Now, for us today, very few people today are worried about these idolatrous pagan gods, though I think they're on the rise. But for us today, I think we see this very good argument that says, you know we really do have a world that works so that we can live. It almost seems like it was made to work that way. Well, I mean, you've got on the one hand, here is a God of power and of authority that he has no equal and no one surpasses him. How does he exercise that authority and that power? He is not a despot. He is not uh, uh, some type of, you know, tyrannical leader enforcing everyone, because what Paul says is he's left a witness. And what is that witness? He does good. It's the goodness of rain. It's the goodness of fruitful seasons. It is satisfaction in your heart. It is food. It is even gladness that there is joy. I mean, there's emotional blessing and emotional benevolence that comes from this God as well. And so this all-powerful God is good and invites people into his joy and into his service. He does not force. Now, that's incredible. That's incredible. 
But he's left a testimony. He's left this ongoing witness, and we continue to see it today. I realize, of course, that there are tragic things that happen in our world. Our world, because of this sin that occurred and because that growing sin, our the, the status of the world was perverted. It was distorted. God's very good creation was enveloped in sin, which produced death, which caused destruction. Yeah, evil, and, pain, and suffering. And yet at the same time, there's still this vestige of good, and especially as we see that order and that design. And, and, and beauty, frankly. Yes. I mean, that that's another part of it that we don't talk about. I don't know if it's a separate argument to the design argument. Maybe it is. Things function. That's design. Yeah. But they don't have to be pleasant to the eye. That's they true. don't have to be enjoyable, and yet they are. Yeah. Where's this sense of beauty and joy, aesthetics? Where does that come from? All of that, all of that points to a God who is above all, mm-hmm. who is governing all, who had a plan that we've messed up, but he's he's bringing back to that plan. He's getting us back to where he wants the world, to where he wants us to be, which is, of course, why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus Amen. for the redemption, yes. Yes. and we recognize that that's where this is all going to end, but it's not Friday. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe we'll reserve that for tomorrow. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, a little bit tomorrow. But, but here's this ongoing witness. And I just think it's important that, to see this connection between the psalm. It's not a, it's not a strand. It's, it's something that we look to the future of the psalm, and we see that same notion that God produces blessing, and it causes folks to realize there really is a blessing giver. Well, I really sh- surely appreciate the the structure talk that we had today. Keyism and keyism, reminding us of wow. blessing upon blessing. Inclusio. <laughs> I mean, I know folks listen to hear those words. <laughs> Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God, thank you for this psalm that has reminded us of the testimony that you have given to yourself. And may we look around and realize, seeing the seasons and the order and the design and the beauty and the blessing, and from all of that, may we realize that there really is a blessing giver who is above all and supreme, and that is you. And we give you praise, and we honor you, and we who are actually from among the nations in relation to what this psalm talks about, we give you praise. And we ask that you help us to get this message out to so many more from all nations. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.